Well, howdy. Good to see you again. I had a little trouble getting here. I was uh, called up at 10 Post Oak to preach their homecoming this afternoon, and, and I didn't get in the pulpit till after 2.30. They like to sing. But I didn't let that keep me from preaching my message. And so the time we got home and got around, it's time to come here again. We're glad to be here. Glad that you're here. God's been good to us today. We went back to our home church, not my home church, but it was the first church I pastored back there 58 years ago. And uh, some of the same old faces were still there. Most of them have preached their funerals since then. But uh, we had a good time. One family that we loved, seven kids, and Six of them was there today, and they'd moved from out of the country, but they come back to Post Oak for their homecoming. It was a joy to meet them and all the rest. And good to see you. I'd have felt real bad if I'd come here and nobody showed up. But you're here, and I'm glad you're here, and I want you to pray for us as we try to speak. Old voice is about gone, but that's okay. We'll do the best we can. First time I came here several months ago, I preached on heaven, the place. And so I want to finish what I started, but it won't be heaven the place. It's heaven the person. So you keep that in mind as we go along. In John chapter 14, verse 6 verses, you've heard it many times, and that's what I want to read tonight. Jesus talking to his disciples, they were troubled. He told them they were going to die, and they kind of went to pieces. They didn't know how to handle that. Here's what he said to him. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. There's the place. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where, notice this, where I am, where I am, you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know, Thomas said, and look. We know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? I notice this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to me but by comes to the Father but by me. So the other message I preached about going to a place, and there it is a place, but heaven is not not just a place. Primarily, when we go to heaven, is not just a place, but a person. And we never thought about it that way or not. Uh, Bible says, truly absent the body is to be present with the Lord. Not present with the streets of gold and all that stuff. Present with the Lord. Used to, when I was younger, I, I worked a lot of hours. and I'd come home late maybe 8, 9 o'clock at night, and I come in the house, and I didn't go in the living room and say, hello, lazy boy. Hello, couch. Hello, television. Well, I might have hugged the refrigerator as I passed, but, but that wasn't what I went home for. I began to look for my wife and my children. That was what precious about the home. 
And sometimes we have family reunions. Don't have the McCormick family reunion anymore. All the McCormicks have died, just about all. I'm one of the few that the older ones just left. But we always liked to go to them, and they had good food. But that wasn't why we went. We went to see the people that were there. They were precious. Some of them I hadn't seen in years, and some of them I had never seen to get acquainted with them. So heaven is not just going to a place, but it's going to a person. The place is secondary. I've never doubted the Word of God in all my life. I've never had any trouble believing in hell. Just look around you, and you can you have to believe in hell. You have more trouble believing that there's a heaven, a place where we could go and be such a wonderful place and a person there. The Bible gives us many different pictures of heaven. It's called heaven a city. Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. You say, preacher, I don't like cities. Well, that's okay. The Bible calls heaven a country. Do you like the country? And Hebrews 11 tells about that heavenly country. The Bible calls heaven a garden. Some of you like the garden. The Bible calls heaven a banquet. We all like banquets. Jewish concept of heaven is a picture of a banquet. The Bible calls heaven a house. The text says, in my father's house are many mansions. We can't comprehend it all, folks. If we could, we'd be wanting to get there just as quick as we could. But God has all of us here for a purpose. We are not here as Christians to get ready for heaven. Because when we got saved, that was taken care of. But I believe we're here today to help others get ready for heaven. And we need to realize that. I thought about the hunger of heaven. There is a hunger, I believe, in many hearts for heaven. I believe that the heart of every human, there's a hunger for some kind of a perfect order, even though they don't even know what it is. The Bible says here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Anthropologists remind us that every race and nationality of man has some concept of a future existence, even though they have no idea what it is. In fact, the American Indians, they believed in a happy hunting ground where there's lots of game. That's why that when they buried them, they buried their weapons with them. When they got up on the other side, they'd have something to hunt game with. They didn't know what it was all about, like we know about heaven, but they, they had some kind of a belief in an afterlife. The, the Egyptians believed in something that's on hereafter, even though they didn't know what it was. In fact, when they died, their family would kill their servants to, to serve them on the other side. The Eskimos believed in a place where the warm tropical climates would abound forever, no more cold. The desert tribes, though, on the contrary, dreamed about a place where the cool breezes would blow forever and the water supply would never be abated. Paul looked at it like this. He said he wasn't straight, but twixt two, having a desire and depart and be with Christ, which would be far better. But he said, it would be better for you if I stick around here a while. That's kind of paraphrasing. In 2 Corinthians 5, for we know that when this earthly house of this tabernacle, 
is dissolved, we have a building of God and house made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now, you know what a tabernacle was? It was a tent. He likened this old body, this old house, to a tent. A tent was never meant to be a permanent home. A tent was just living a little while and you move into a house. Right? Have you ever lived in a tent? I think I spent two or three nights in tents and every time it come a big storm and rain. I'm ready to go to the house. A tent. When I was growing up over south of Wayne City, there was a lot of, lot of old empty houses. People had moved out. You know why? They got so they wasn't fit to live in anymore. And they always moved to a better one when they moved out. When we leave out this whole earthly house of this tabernacle, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Absent the bodies to be present with the Lord. Stephen said it like this, that old preaching deacon, they didn't like him, didn't like the way he preached, and he was preaching one day, and they began to stone him to death. I mean, the stones were piling around him. And he looked up and he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he cried out, Lord, receive my spirit. Remember that? Receive my spirit. He didn't say receive this body. He knew that old body was both covered in rocks after a while. He said, receive my spirit. And that's what goes to be the Lord when you die. Sinus looking for pure cancers, reflecting his subconscious hunger for a world minus disease and pain. Heaven is that kind of a world. And I thought about the happiness of heaven. You know why heaven's going to be a happy place? Well, if you don't, I'll tell you. Because the things that cause us to be unhappy here will not be there. That's a pretty simple answer. Even I can understand that. Things that's not going to be. No more tears, it says. No farewells. Goodbyes in heaven. No hatred. No divorce. No broken homes. No little children without a mom and daddy to love them and care for them. None of that anymore. No jealousy. No crime. No war. Won't that be something? No disease. And this one I'm going to mention, some of you won't want to go. There'll be no liquor there. Sorry. You have to do it out if you go there. You say, why not? Let me tell you something. God is not going to let nothing into heaven that causes all the hell and the harm and destruction that liquor causes today. Amen? Thousands and thousands die on our highways every year because of alcohol. Thousands of divorces because, because of alcohol. Jesus is not going to let nobody in it. Let, let that go on in heaven. I'm not saying people won't make it to drink some. I didn't say that. But there won't be nothing in your drinks. That's why I said some of you won't want to go. Amen? Someone said, Pastor, Pastor, do you think anybody will be able to chew tobacco in heaven? He said, I don't know, but you'll have to go to hell to spit. I'd say amen to that when I heard that. 
Will we know each other in heaven? I think I might have addressed that a little bit the last time. Certainly we will. Surely we'll be as smart there as we are here. Peter, James, and John knew Moses and Elijah on the mount. They'd been dead for hundreds of years, and they were still in their natural bodies. They knew them. Now, I don't know how much people in heaven is going to know about what goes on down here. I just don't know. Probably not near as much as some people think. Christian lady, husband had died and went on some time, and she, she wanted to get married again. And she asked her husband, do you think my husband, she asked her pastor, do you think my husband would be jealous if I got married again? I don't know if we got any widows here or not. But honey, let me tell you something. This is McCormick theology. That ain't worth much. But if you find some good, oddly Christian man that you can love and will help you, your husband, if he's a man that you thought he was, will be glad for you to get married. And he'd be happy about that if he didn't know it. Would you agree with me? Somebody shake your head let me know something. I, I need a little help here. I don't know how much we'll know. The scripture says, though, that the former things of the earth will not be brought to mind. I do know that there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth than 99 just persons need no repentance. If you want to make heaven shout, just get somebody saved. People ask this question. Maybe I'll raise more questions than I'm going to answer tonight. Ask this, will babies still be babies? I've heard preachers say, preaching funeral of some woman had died, and her baby had died, boy, she'll get to hold her baby again. That, that sounds real good, but I don't know whether that's so. Let me ask you, if your baby lived, would you want it not to grow? Would you want it to stay a baby? Or would you want it to grow if you, your baby lived? Of course you want it to grow. Why would we differ, differ about our babies in heaven? Now, don't get me wrong, I think there are going to be children in heaven. There wouldn't be much heaven if we didn't have kids around. But I don't think they're going to be infantiles that don't, can't walk or nothing. In fact, I know that there won't be 70 million abortions laying in the street of glory. God's going to do something about that. We might all be, you hear I might, might all be 33 years old. Where do you get that from? That who shall change our vile bodies like in his own glorious body? He's 33, wasn't he? Beloved, now we're the sons of God. Does not get appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we're going to be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, I, doubt, I don't think we're all going to be 33, but that sure sounds good to me. It's been a long time, but I can still remember when I was 33. I used to go coon hunting. I didn't have to take a gun. I could climb that tree right up close to that coon and I could shake that dude out. I can't hardly climb these steps here now. 33 sounds pretty good to me, folks. Jesus resurrected the body. It was a real body. Yet it could go through closed doors. You ever hear the song, in the land where we'll never grow old? Ladies, you'll never have to lie about your age anymore. Hey, 
land where we'll never grow old. One guy came to his pastor and said, Pastor, how old's your wife? He said, I don't know. She's born the year of our Lord, only knows when. Many think that we'll worry about our unsaved loved ones. We wouldn't be happy if we did. Many are concerned about the fate of the heathen who never heard the gospel. Some believe that God will judge the heathen on the basis of what they would have done if they had heard the gospel. Others believe that all heathen will go to hell, but they won't be judged like those that never had an opportunity to be saved. You know, I don't know, but I do know this. If they all wind up in heaven, I'll not complain. I'll just be happy that old Richard McCormick made it. And the last thing I want to mention, there is a highway to heaven. Not a low road. You can't take the low road and get there. There's a highway to heaven. You say, what's that? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believed on his name. There is no salvation, hear me, friend, apart from Jesus Christ. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The Bible says, none other name under heaven are given among men whereby you say. One mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He came, listen to me, he came to save sinners. Your good works won't save you, your good ethics won't save you. That's not the way Christ died for sinners. How can we refuse him? I believe the simplicity of the gospel, God's salvation, will be the most condemning feature of the judgment because there won't be any excuse. It's free. It's for everyone. Whosoever will may come. God's plan of redemption is effective. I don't care how deeply you have sinned. Because the minimum of the sin, the minimum of the atonement can defeat, defeat the maximum of your sin. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Where sin did abound, God's grace did much more abound. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. I was thinking... One day, Jesus and his disciples, they took a little journey. Said he must needs go through Samaria. The Jews didn't usually go through Samaria. They'd go around. They didn't have nothing to do with them. But Jesus needs to go through Samaria. And he said they stopped at the little well of Sychar and he sent his disciples to get food. There he sat by himself. And then there was a sinful woman came up to the well to draw water. This wasn't the day that women, time that women came to draw water. She didn't want to be there when there's other women there because of her stains on her life. And Jesus said to her, said, would you draw me some water? She said, why do you ask me, a Samaritan, and you Jew, be a Jew, to draw water for you because you Jews don't have nothing to do with us? He said, 
If you'd ask me, I'd give you living water. She said, how can you give me living water? You don't have nothing to draw with. He said, go call your husband. She said, I don't have one. And he said, it's true, you don't have one, but you've had five. Man, I, he dug into her soul and got her under conviction. And that old boy you're shacked up with, he's not your husband. It cut her to the core. It got so deep that she cried out, Lord, give me this living water that I don't come here to die. And she was so enthused and so excited that she forgot why she'd come to the well. She left her water pots and run back to town. And cried out, come see a man that told me everything I did is not this surprise. And she was so convincing. The Bible said many of them believed on him because of what she said. And others went back to town and heard him for himself and believed. Oh, God has power to save all kinds, doesn't he? He save a little boy, he save an old drunk. He saw you the fallen woman or the outstanding citizen. Without Jesus, they're all going to hell. But Jesus is the way to heaven. He's the highway. You won't get there any other way. The Lord Jesus is that way. And I hope tonight that each of you have found that way. It'd be a sad thing if any of you walk out of here and go to hell. I'm just honest with you. Jesus got honest with that woman. I'm honest with you. Jesus came to save sinners. The Bible said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none good, no, not one. The question is, have you been to Jesus for salvation? Or have you tried some other way? The Bible said there's none other way, none other name under heaven whereby we can be saved. It's Jesus. We don't have a option on salvation. It's Jesus. Have you trusted him? He longs to see you walk down this aisle and say, God, I'm sorry I'm a sinner. God, I want to trust you as my Savior. And I'll tell you, you're not far from the kingdom of heaven then when you come that way. We're going to have prayer. We're going to stand. Brother Jamie's going to come and lead us in song. Now, I'll tell you, friend, I wouldn't leave here if I didn't know Jesus. I'd want to find my way to an altar. I'd want to get to know him for real. I'd want to know what it means to have my sins forgiven, covered with the blood of the Lamb. Has that happened to you? Father, we thank you that we can come to this blessed church tonight. We thank you for their love for you. Thank you, Lord, they've been here a long time and they've been carrying on and winning souls. But Father, there might be one here tonight that don't know you as Savior. We just ask, Lord, if you would convict them like you convicted me a long, long time ago. And Lord, I just had to get up and say yes to you. Father, I pray that you'd convict them and draw them tonight. Don't let them wait and put it off. Help them to trust you while there's time and opportunity. For it's in the name of our Savior we pray. And amen.